1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sean Fitz, I'm Nate Bauer. The uh, Penn State football team is getting ready for spring practice right now. It is still spring break, but uh, things things are happening. Things are ha- <laughs> Penn, Penn State football coming back, the lifeline from the doldrums of January and February uh, are. Are, uh, they're finally going away. So we we, we have football, and, uh, and things are going to get uh, cracking here pretty soon.
2: Penn State gets underway on Tuesday. We'll have James Franklin on a press conference, get a little practice action on Tuesday afternoon. It's nice. It's nice because February is just like – you got to grind it out. You've got to go with what you've got. You usually don't have much. We've got Penn State basketball tonight, so that's good. Uh, you've got Penn State basketball tonight. I'm sure I'll watch it as well. Um, but obviously, uh, you cover it with a little mo- more uh, vigor than, uh, than I will pay attention to the game, so that's good. Um, but yes, we're going to focus on spring football right now because it is almost spring football season. Penn State uh, is, is ready to go. They start a little bit later. The, the spring break thing is kind of weird because – Penn State's is so early, most schools is a little bit later, so a lot of schools get some practice time in, go away for spring break, and come back and, and get that done. Penn State, it, it changes a lot of things, like Penn State didn't have any visitors in before uh, spring break, which is, it's fine, you can get by with that unless you have a pandemic hit or something like that, and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball there. Um, but they'll hit the ground running with those next week as well, um, so just the everything gets back up to speed very quickly um, when you have a spring break at this point. So, but we've got things to address. Penn State still does not have a defensive line coach uh, if I'm handicapping it, which I'm, I'm not because of James Franklin coaching search or assistant coaching search is just absolutely brutal every time. and It's getting tighter and it's getting uh, even worse to cover. Um, but I think they'll, they'll have something soon. Of course, with spring practice starting Tuesday or Tuesday, you've got um, that, I guess, unofficial barrier that you have to get something in place before that um, not necessarily have to do it, but it seems like that they want to get something done. So a Friday news dump would not surprise me uh, for the defensive line position. Of course, Dion Barnes still floating around um, and he's going to be on the staff no matter what. Um, but it just be an interesting dynamic when they, uh, when, when they get to that, John Scott Jr. said goodbye this week. Um, hilarious when you when you know John when you follow John and his uh, maybe lack of of in depth tech profile. You know he, he's not on Twitter very often. Uh, you talk to people around that building it was tough to get him on the phone at times. Um, you know, it was, it was, it's just a different, uh, a different contact point. He finally got around to thanking the program. So that was good. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's about the news and notes of it. Like I said, spring break, not a lot happening players all over the country right now, They'll come back and they'll get ready uh, to get in the pads next week.
1: Do you, do you have a sense just given the report last weekend, I, I believe it was on Saturday, right. About uh, the bears assistant coach. You, uh, what's the sense of urgency for these things, right? Like it's, uh, sometimes it feels like there's it's something to, to hammer out. And then other times it just honestly feels like James Franklin is very patient about it, which I don't necessarily, like I don't have a real feel for why that is given the fact that he seems so impatient about so many other things, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's go, go, go uh, try to lock these things down, but it does seem like he's extraordinarily thorough when it comes to
2: making hires like this. Is that fair? There is a good way to put it. Um, I I think he is impatient because he always wants to get going and get, get moving. And of course he's away this week as well. Um, but I I think there's a level of impatience where for a normal person, there's a level of impatience for a college football coach. Those things are very, very different. Um, but I mean, it, it is late February, early March where this is, this is all happening. So like, it's, it's a different mindset. You don't have to get, um, a guy in for the next visit weekend, like you do in January, but at the same time, you want to get this guy in front of your defensive line room, a defensive line. I think this is an interesting dynamic, a defensive line room. That's going to stump for Dion Barnes all day. And that's natural because that they, they want what they know and they know Dion Barnes and James Franklin has to take that into account, but at the same time, almost completely ignore it because that's not what the hire is. The hire is not the, the, the guy that, your defensive lineman want um and it's it's just a it's a delicate situation and i will say just trying to follow a lot of this contract talk is tough because you've got certain guys that you know we, we talked about a guy on the board last week that his head coach did not allow him to uh, to interview for this job and this guy would have been a prime candidate for the job his head coach wouldn't let him interview him because of the contract language and things like that so these are the little things that you have to work through and these are the things that you have to um basically fine-tune you mentioned the assistant coach from the bears not a lot of traffic coming from the nfl to the college game these days and i think that those those college or excuse me those pro coaches have that kind of leverage where it's like uh i don't i don't feel like recruiting so i'm just not going to i'm going to stay here which sounds fantastic. Um, But uh, no, it's, it's just, there's, there's a lot of, I don't want to say boxes to check because that's overly general, but there's a lot of like, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross. And we're going to throw different cliches into that. Um, It's, it's very hard to get some of these things across the line sometimes, but yeah, that's, that's my roundabout way of saying this is all a cluster. Um, Not so much (laughs) in the sense it's a James Franklin screw up or anything like that. it's, just how you hire coaches these days. And unless you've got somebody lined up, ready to go, like they had Mike Yersuch a couple of years ago, it's, uh, it, it, it can go down this path.
1: Yeah. Uh, needless to say though, practice starts Tuesday. We're not going to say that it's an impossibility that they wouldn't have somebody, but y- you would think, is that, I mean, is that a fair yeah, place would to think. put that? Yeah, you we'll, think we'll file it that.
2: under. You would think, yeah,
1: you would think you would think, you would think. Uh, Moving on from the defensive line, Penn State will have uh, James Franklin talking on Tuesday, obviously. I I think that we're practiced at this enough at this point to to be able to handicap fairly well the things that he's going to talk about. Uh, Called it before his February press conference, leadership, right? I mean, it's going to continue to be uh, a topic I would expect, I would anticipate he's going to talk about the quarterback position, uh, I think he's going to talk about the newcomers. I mean, is there anything that you're specifically looking for from that press conference on Tuesday that that sort of sets the stage of, because it happens every year, right? There's there's always a theme. There's always a, a story that, that kind of starts at the beginning of spring practice and runs through the course. Uh, is there anything that
2: you're expecting along those lines? Um, not much before, besides what you mentioned, he's going he always talks about the newcomers. He always talks because, because that's where you see the most progress is the guys that just got on campus and sort of blow up and go from there. Uh, so Tony Rojas is going to be a, a point of contention there, uh, storm duck and the transfers and things like that. So like a lot of those things are going to be talking points for him, you know, just like Zane Durant was last year, just like Nick Singleton and Katron Allen were last year. You talk about the newcomers uh, because, you know, that's you get fresh eyes on them and, and things change uh, a little bit faster when you're uh, a, a, a younger player. Like, I think he's going to talk a lot in terms of generalities about position groups, talk about the offensive line, talk about the tight end room is good, uh, the cornerback room is good, you know, it's just, it's just those things like that. And, uh, and as you mentioned leadership, and I think he'll, he'll also talk about some of the the general things that are off the field, Neely and Pat, you know, they're, they're, they've been great. And right. I think hammer that point home as well. So I think there's a lot of um, not changing the names and ad-libbing it from, from year to year, but it's, it's basically what we see from him from the outset every spring.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just, and I asked you this previously, but it's going to be different in, in terms of setting the expectations for, what last year's group of early enrollees brought to the table versus this year's right it, and and it's not in any way uh, a right uh, a point against the the guys this year it's simply a matter of like that was a rarity to have that many right. players come in and and have that type of impact and i'm not even including abdul carter in that right i mean it's literally You've got two running backs in Katron Allen at Singleton, obviously Drew Aller, Bo Perpula doing things, Zane Durant. You, you just had a host of guys who really kind of caught attention very early at, in the process at
2: positions that you can catch attention at that point. I mean, you've got they're they're excited about the three offensive linemen that they brought in, but what does that mean? Because all those guys need to you know fine tune and and get bigger and get stronger and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. we did. Um, round tables this week on on you know freshmen to watch whatever Um, and I laid that freshman out in front of you and you're like or I I guess it was Greg was like can we do newcomers that way we can put you know Storm Duck uh, in there or Malik McLean in there Uh, (laughs) Greg went with that with Riley Thompson the punter Uh, that's kind of where we're at Uh, comparing like it's unfair to this class to compare them to the prior class because not only did the prior class have more of those freak athletes um, which you know, Tony Rojas is 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 in there. Elliot Washington's a guy that I highlighted um, is a really good athlete for a freshman. But those guys were on a different level, and they were also at a position where you had opportunity in running back and you had notoriety in quarterback. So that that that's kind of where that that all focuses, and that's where we leave it with the with that freshman class.
1: Yeah. So so with that in mind, and and including those newcomers, I think that they're going to be people that we talk about uh, certainly this spring, but also when we get to the the battles, right? It's always like it's the spring position battles. It's it's what we're going to talk about. But you had a great idea. Uh, where are they okay? Where, where are they fine? Where where are they good to to great? Like where where do you feel good about to uh, anywhere from feeling really good to eh, okay okay they're all
2: right. Well, it's a funny thing because like you can still have position battles and feel good. I I highlighted the safeties the other day where I think KJ Winston and Zaki Wheatley are coming. Like, I think those guys are going to be good. And I think those guys are going to make it not uncomfortable for Keaton Ellis and Jalen Reed, but they're going to get a lot of reps this spring. They're going to have the opportunity to do so. Um, But like, no matter which four are out there, you feel pretty good about that position. So that's kind of like, they're fine. They're fine in that sense. Defensive end, same way. You've got a couple of starters coming back or... You know, when you, when you have three starters at a position, you you can work that, you can work through that, and you've got Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson coming back, but you also feel pretty good about Denyda Sutton coming along and maybe Amin Vanover and and things of that nature. So I think just I think it's a very healthy exercise to look at this roster and say, yes, there's competition, and there's always competition and things like that, but yeah they're they're fine like no no matter who wins that job i think it's going to be fine you got three corners that you think are starters and then you feel that cam miller is a guy that can can help you out there so like i think it's it's a general when you look at this team when you look at the opportunity that they have the window that they think they have it's because they're deep it's because they have the opportunity to uh throw throw different combinations out there and still be uh, talented combinations still concerns. still places they need to get better but there's a bunch of spots on this roster and you couldn't say this in the, in the last couple of years they're fine
1: right right and there's a huge difference between the the battle to to be starting left tackle right versus the fourth tackle in the rotation right like there's a, there's a huge difference between yeah nick singleton and katron allen are going to be competitive This spring, you would you would anticipate that, right? Is is who anybody that creates separation is always welcomed and warranted. So it's not as though that's going to disappear. Certainly, everyone's going to expect both of those guys to play a monumental role in what they do next season. But it there's there's the other side of it of okay, who's three, right? Like the the situation that they had there last year in the spring specifically has, has pretty radically transformed in terms of exits from the program with Kevon Lee, Devin Ford, uh, and Kaziah Holmes. So it, it it just feels like there's a lot of that tight end, right? Is you've got guys that, you know, very, very well and you would anticipate to continue to take strides. uh, Right. Is it, is it a huge battle between Theo Johnson and uh, Tyler Warren I don't know if I would say that, but yeah, there's probably things that we're looking at for the third guy, right? Who, who yeah. kind well, of steps in there, who becomes that piece of the puzzle uh, all over the field, right? It's not just tight end. It's not just running back. It, it feels like there's a lot of that this spring.
2: You've got interesting, uninteresting position battles in the in the <laughs> sense that it may not matter as much when you're going out and playing against Ohio state. If you have all your guys healthy and, and things like that, Totally. But, the fourth offensive tackle spot between you know jimmy christ and alex birchmeyer that that's going to be a tier below the three guys that they have with starting experience and olu drew shelton and Caden wallace and then it's going to be a drop off and of course you're going to rotate guys around you're going to figure out you know your third tackle is going to play before you know your backup like if you had a depth chart where you have a guy at left tackle or two guys at left tackle two guys at right tackle one of those guys goes down well the third tackle is going to move over it's not necessarily gonna be the next guy up at left tackle so that's an 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 uninteresting interesting position battle third tight end Khalil Dinkins has been very good this winter Jerry Cross has been very good this winter will he play a lot will those guys get on the field I don't know that's a that's a question about the guys in front of him for the most part uh, so there's that uh, linebacker. Like, what's behind Curtis Jacobs at Sam? Dom DeLuca played really well last year. Um, Tony Rojas seems to be coming along. So you you feel good about that. Um, it's just a bunch of these positions where the battles are maybe a little bit further down the depth chart, and that's that's fine. Like that's that that's great. That's where you want to be when you have as much talent coming back as Penn State has.
1: Yeah, that is that is absolutely. What you want if you're Penn State? We're just we're killing the sell right here. Sign up for thirty dollars between now and the start of the football season at uh, at Blue Wet Illustrated and on the On Three Network. Obviously, I'm making a little bit of a joke, but uh, there there are all of these things that once you peel back the the onion a little bit, are, are pretty interesting.
2: They're pretty well, interesting if things. That we're if gonna you look at Ohio State, like they have obviously have talent you know coming out of everywhere there um and it's up top but like the difference in the roster from 50 to 85 is you know that that's something that's going to continue to make your program better over the years so i think penn state from a roster building standpoint is getting to the point where they're a lot deeper a lot more talented at those lower those lower positions on the depth chart and that's that's going to help them at some point i mean you look at november last season um, and the the offensive line you're trotting out there is is guys that we're going to talk about in position battles for this year and JB Nelson, Veggie Ione, Drew Shelton coming in and burning his red shirt. Um, guys like that, um you know, passing up Golden Chumba, and, I- and Ibrahim Traore, Jimmy Chris, those those type of guys. So that's you're sort of eating from the bottom there and getting stronger as you do so i think that that the all these battles are i, I say unimportant important position battles. but all these battles are you know stuff that are going to make your roster from one to 85 better um especially in the area of the transfer portal where you can you know those guys are going to find themselves in a different program in a year. so i think that's what i look at when i say and i also thought this would be right up your 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 alley man because you're like i love it yeah it's fine you know is uh, the guy that doesn't get too high or too low on anything i figured this would be right like right in your wheelhouse
1: it it t- it totally I listen, I, I feel that way about most of their roster this spring, is that they're they're gonna be okay in a lot of positions. It doesn't mean, however, and I mean I guess this is kind of the natural trajectory of this conversation, right? Is what what are we doing with quarterback? What like how are we gonna f- gonna frame this? Because in the minds of literally everyone, I, I don't know anyone outside of internal coach speak. Who was framing this as a battle, uh, and so what's the what's the give and take between okay, Bo Probyula actually having a shot at becoming a starter at Penn State this season versus keep keeping things in perspective and saying okay, uh, Drewillard did this last preseason enough to pass Christian Veiu, earn the second string spot, got a bunch of reps, right, played in key moments when uh sean clifford certainly in the first game had to come out like where do you land on this (laughs) how do you how do you want uh to come at it in terms of framing the conversation there at that position
2: it's so funny because like when you talk to people in the program you have to sort of filter out what's going on in in terms of Bo because they are are so excited about this kid like like In another year, if Drew's not here, he's a starter. Like, that's kind of where they feel about this. And you have to balance out, like, what does that mean in relation to Drew? Um, And the other thing is, like, all these other positions we talk about don't really matter that much until you find out what you've got at quarterback and you figure out where you're at with that. So I don't know how to frame that, to be honest with you, because uh, especially with uh, you know the drew is so damn talented but Bo is is just completely different like not not saying he's not talented but like he's the worker he's the guy that uh that the everyman wants um uh, you know to to be out there um so i don't know it's 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 so tough to and we're going to talk about this for the next seven months or six months or whatever <laughs> it is um in terms of quarterbacks i think they're going to stretch this thing out um but yeah it's it's just a it's a it's a fine tooth uh argument because it's just going to keep coming back to quarterback and 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 I don't know I don't know how to handicap it at this point like it it makes sense and everybody that you talk to expects Drew to be the guy but then they don't want to write off Bo because Bo is a talented guy as well I I I don't know man like it's just is it just talking points is that where we're at right now with the quarterback position
1: yeah I don't uh, look like I'm naturally going to go to Christian Hackenberg and Trace McSorley even though it's not that right? Uh, Christian Hackenberg was the guy in 2015, but McSorley was there, right? Like there was no lack of conversation and buzz about McSorley kind of behind the scenes as Christian was getting knocked around like a ragdoll throughout that season. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's almost as though, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to make some presumptions and feel pretty good about it. Right? We're going to say, okay, R, he, he's going to be the quarterback. He's going to be the starter next season. But but keep, keep an eye on this kid. right? Keep an eye on Prabula because there, there is enough conversation that I'm not sure I'm willing to go so far as to say uh, I, I expect it to be an actual, like, yeah, this is down to the wire kind of deal. I, like, I just, I don't think that, but uh i i do think that he's going to be a guy that that
2: people have to watch and and, and we're, we've talked to enough people where like you can you can work yourself into that argument in your head that transfer portal era they're saying good things about Bo to keep Bo around but i don't, I don't yep. think that's the case like we've right. seen that stuff before i think we've got pretty good filters on that and, and i don't think that's really the issue here
1: i let me clarify here just so that my point is not uh mistaken. <laughs> I, I do not anticipate Drew Allard to, to have the same type of career that, that Christian Hackenberg ended up having, even though Christian obviously did have a lot of success in a lot of ways. The wind certainly didn't follow necessarily uh, in just a radically different situation, you know, just a, a completely different era and time in the program. But you, you would think that Drew has it all in front of him, right? Yeah. There's just this opportunity and, and, Hey, a big part of that and talking to Chuck Losey after their workout last week, Drew is not a naturally loud guy, right? He's not a, a boisterous. He's not a, Hey, look at me kind of guy, but they're going to want to see some of that. They're going to want to see some of him stepping up and saying, Hey, this like, yeah, I'm going to beat Bo in the competition, but also this is my team. This, by default, this is my team. Uh, and, and I think that's hard. That's hard for any guy to do, let alone uh, somebody who's kind of filling into the shoes of a Sean Clifford who really had that locked down for three years, right? right. In, in his tenure at Penn State.
2: Yeah. What else? I, guess, uh, I, what, I don't know. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's move on from quarterbacks here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about it all day. Uh, what, what else are we watching? Who's uh, what are some of the positions that you are keen and interested in, in
2: keeping an eye on this. The, uh, this in, the interior offensive line is interesting because we saw Landon Tangwall last week at, at lifting. He was not doing anything. He's obviously coming off of an injury that cost him most of the season last year. So you would expect that to carry over from a contact standpoint. And, and I said the same thing about Jalen Reed. Like there's no reason to have these guys running full speed into each other if they're trying to, you know, if they're 85% or whatever. So, um, So that opens some things up. For uh, J.B. Nelson, uh, you know, we we look at Vega Ione as a potential guy that can work in at guard and center. Uh, Sal Wormley's been around a long time. So I think those guys on in the interior, uh, those younger guys in the interior, are going to get a chance. You know, they're going to get an opportunity this spring to get more reps than, than you would probably think um, when you take into account uh, the, the, the lack of experience or at least the experience ahead of them. So I look at the interior offensive lineman as, as an opportunity for you to get five guys coming out of spring that you feel comfortable about Um, put them with the three guys you feel comfortable about um, uh, at tackle. And that's eight guys that that'll get you far enough um, as far as you want to be. And then you take into account Birchmeyer, you take into account some of those other guys that may be on the fence. Um, about uh, contributing early or, or being that guy, Chris, you know, is, is obviously a guy on the, on the fringe there. So, um, and you start to feel better about that, uh, that group. So I think um, that's probably a spot where yes, they will be fine, but at, at the same time, it's an opportunity for Nelson and Ione, especially um, to step forward and to, uh, to make strides in that area. So I feel like, I feel, feel better about the offensive line than we have in recent years. Um, But I think they can still get better. And I think that's the
0: exciting thing about that group. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW group, we where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. No, no question. I'm I'm looking myself at the receivers. I, I just don't know how I don't else see you as a receiver. But, sorry. sorry. I'm I'm gonna take my hat out of the ring on that one. But no, it's it's you're you're losing two guys and that just hasn't been, uh, and like established production. Keandre obviously had some injuries that he had to deal with last season, but came on strong at the end of the year, right? That Michigan State game and the Rose Bowl were both good performances for him. Uh, a springboard, I think. Obviously, he wants it, right? He wants to be that guy, and and his teammates uh, were talking about him, right, as, as kind of being a leader of that room, stepping up, doing those kind of things that you would expect of a guy who's been in the program but also uh, Malik McLean, where does he fit in, right? What, what does uh, Harrison Wallace look like in year three? Um, Caden Saunders is a guy who, you know, I I don't know if we're going to classify it as buzz, but I think certainly the. Whoa. Of his true freshman year. And then acclimating and starting to feel comfortable. That's, that's a storyline, right? Where's Liam Clifford in this conversation? So. There's there's a lot of different kind of moving pieces and moving parts, as well as players who, if they take the steps that you would expect or that they're optimistic are made, then it it kind of clears clears things up, right? It it becomes more of a, okay, well, Keandre did what he needed to do. Right. Malik McLean did what he needed to do, and and Dante Cephas did what he needed to do. Right, throw those guys with a, a a Trey Wallace, and now some of those younger guys, who are more developmental pieces, and and guys who you would expect to contribute more heavily later in their careers, it it becomes less pressing. But it doesn't change the fact that this is a program like bottom line needs that position. It's such a huge important position to to what their strategy is, what they want to be and build as an identity for the offense. And for Mike Yurcich and for Drew Aller, like you name it, all of those things interact together, even, even singleton and, and Allen, right? Like it depends on being balanced enough to beat you. However, uh in many different ways right and so they're they're stepping up is going to be a big part of that and you would think that it would need to start this spring for them
2: yeah i think there's a bunch of spots where we just go into the where they find i think i I don't think receivers there uh you know i think that that's we haven't seen enough we haven't seen them consistently catch the ball um to to put them in that category yet defensive tackle obviously um in there as well you've got some experience there with beeman and and Kaziah i but and and you've to a lesser extent have Devon Ellis and, and Jordan Vandenberg there but like what do you get out of that group what's that rotation look like by the end of the spring whoever's is coaching them uh whatever uh Zane Durant in there obviously uh Caleb Artis we've heard some some things on so um it's one of those ones where i would not excuse me i would not put put it across the line you know linebacker it's it's two different arguments here it's the outside guys and the inside guys so we will see what ta- what happens with that, but yeah, I think receivers, uh, defensive tackle, probably Mike linebacker is is not at the point where it's like, yeah, they're fine there. Um, right? But you've got uh, you got a lot of competition ahead, so I think that that's what we're looking for, and special teams as well. We don't talk special teams probably enough on the on the yeah. podcast uh, on the show, um, but the battle between Alex Falcons and Sanders Sahadak is going to be interesting. It's going to come down to consistency and that's not one that you can handicap going into the, uh, into the season because you're just not sure how they're going to be hitting it that day, week, month, whatever it is. And then same can be said about Riley Thompson and Alex Paquetta. Um, I have a hard time thinking that they would go out and get Riley Thompson, especially on scholarship um, if they felt comfortable with where they're at with Paquetta. So that's going to be a battle worth watching and, um, I think on the other side with the special teams, you got a bunch of athletes, like younger athletes on that, uh, the, the defense side of the ball that can factor into coverages. They don't get into a ton of you know, like punt coverages, kick coverages and things like that for the spring. Cause you don't have to, but I feel good about the units that they have coming back and the athleticism that they're coming back, um, covering kicks, covering punts and things like that. Like I said, we don't talk enough about that because it's, it is such a big part of the game. Um, but that's, uh, that's gonna be interesting this, this spring, especially with that kicker job.
1: Yeah, for I I mean it's it's fairly clear when you look at the four transfer portal guy, and this is in no way a keen insight, but they brought those guys for a reason. Right? Like every single one of those guys uh is is it's not just uh in Storm Ducks case, it seems like okay, the rich get richer because they have had successful, uh, you know, very good cornerbacks and you still have them. Some of those guys are still on the roster, but it's also a, Hey, you know, solidify this thing, right? Get, be better, be better at the position than you were before you brought these guys in. And certainly I think that Falcons and Thompson both fall in that vein, despite the fact that last spring we were talking about Alex Paquetta being there, right? Like the, the, the Blake Gilligan comments and what James Franklin said uh, you know in his spring pre- uh, press conference about how good Baquetta was and, and what the expectations were him were for him coming in that uh, dissipated right like it, it hey, okay, it became clear fairly early that Barney Moore was going to be the guy there. What's next right? right. What's next for, for Alex Paquetta? is he in a position where at this point he's taken enough strides to be able to stave off? uh Riley Thompson we'll see we'll see and I think it's the same conversation for Falcons and for sahedek uh right is uh, how consistent can they be uh and and you know go out and win that job but I mean I do think that those are ultimately given some of the issues and successes they've had in the kicking game over the last few years both strengths and uh, right like <laughs> that becomes that becomes a major talking point
2: yeah if you want to get technical about it that, that definitely um no i mean it, it's interesting because when you take a look at the kicker rankings and things like that it's it's i'm not gonna say it's easy to judge but like there are talented legs and you've got two really talented legs there in Sahadak and baketa like on paper like they should have the job because of what we've seen from them how far that they can kick it you know the the stuff that that you know, going back to Joe Lorick, you know, and Stacey Collins, all those guys said that they can, they are capable of doing it, but like more so with specialists than anybody else. There's a different pile there. That's mental. That's consistency. That is how just like, can you hit your, your a ball at a certain clip? And uh they haven't shown that so far. So very curious to see how Falcons um, and Riley Thompson are, uh, I guess, brought along, not not brought along, but like Thrust right into the competition because you know they're bringing those guys in for a reason. Although Falcons probably a little bit different because you're bringing him in as a walk-on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an opportunity for for all four of those guys to step up. And um, given where they're at with the, uh, the eligibility clock on uh, Sahedak and Bajetta, those guys still have some more time. And uh, it's not necessarily a situation where if they lose the job, they will go out and hit the portal right away. So I think that those are very interesting complete mental game uh i think stacy collins is going to play that game with them all spring chart those kicks and and we're going to see where it comes uh when it when it's time for uh actually august i was going to say the blue white game but that that also is is another data point in there but uh august september is when it matters
1: yeah and you and you know they're going to play these up as much as they possibly can it's the competition side of things is what they want in the program and they're gonna they're gonna not hand out jobs this spring when it can be something that propels these players uh, throughout this the, the rest of the spring and then into the summer. Right. Yeah. So uh All spring right. practice next week Tuesday is when you will see uh the the biggest full day of coverage from us at Blue White Illustrated I mean obviously we have stuff every single day uh so don't miss us every day between now and then but James Franklin press conference on Tuesday afternoon we will have practice coverage we will have everything uh you know reaction y- you name it it will all be at Blue White Illustrated part of the on3.com network. It is, again, $29.99 between now and August 31st. So you, you get all of our information, all our scoop, all our insight uh, for that low price between now and then. Uh, if you haven't already, please like this video. Uh, if you are listening on podcast, please leave a review for us. Rate us. Five stars is always helpful, and it always provides us with the feedback that we need to, to keep doing this. And uh, you, you know, try to give you guys the best product that we possibly can. So, with that, that's it. I'm Nate Bauer. He is Sean Fitz. And uh...
2: it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you What do you do when you win?